Welcome to the teaching ministry of Stephen Fraser and Life of Faith Bible Church, an outreach dedicated to helping you triumph in every area of life. Now here's Pastor Fraser with today's message. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1. It says, and I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony, or literally that could translate mystery, the mystery of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. Now, what is, what's he saying here? What, what was he afraid of? Well, he wasn't afraid of anybody. He was, he, was, he was walking in the fear of God. He had an awesome awareness of the power and presence of God. You know, when God shows up like that, you can just begin to feel so small yeah. and so inferior and so insignificant. I think of... Isaiah the prophet, I mean an incredible man, holy man of God, lived a clean, pure life, and yet the day came where he had a vision of the Lord. And over in Isaiah chapter 6, he saw the Lord sitting on his throne, and when he saw the Lord sitting on his throne, he, well, let's just look at it. In Isaiah the 6th chapter, hold your place if you're opening your Bible. Isaiah 6. Now remember, he's a holy, this is a holy man of God living a clean life. He's not goofing around. And he says in verse 1, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings, With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, with two he flew, and one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. That's the glory of God manifested in that place. Then I said, Woe is me, for I am undone. Because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Notice, here's this holy man of God. And you know, I'm sure he felt pretty good about himself. Just like Job, Job felt pretty good about himself. You know, he was defending himself through most of the the book of Job. Job is defending his righteousness his holy life, and he was an upright man, blameless man. And yet when the Lord appeared to Job at the end of the book of Job, Job abhorred himself. He abhorred himself. He didn't want to even say anything when he saw the Lord. You know, sometimes we can feel like we're pretty good. You know, sometimes we can feel we're not so bad because we compare ourselves with the world around us. 
And, you know, according to the world around us, yeah, you can look pretty good. You know, if you're walking with God, yielding to the Holy Spirit. But then you get over into a greater revelation of him, and he just becomes that much more real to you. And it's overwhelming to you. It was overwhelming to these men, these holy, mighty men of God. Job abhorred himself. He went from thinking great about himself or how righteous he was to abhorring himself. I mean, that's a, a huge shift. And here now we see Isaiah. And what does he cry out? Woe is me. Woe is me for I'm undone because, because I am a man of unclean lips. And this man probably outdid most Christians. You know, and the way he walked, the way he lived his life, the way he talked. I mean, he was a man of prayer. That's why God used him the way he did to write a part of the word of God. I mean, this is a mighty problem. And yet here he is, unclean, unclean. He sees himself as an unclean thing up next to the Lord. That's what Paul's talking about here in 1 Corinthians 2. He says, I was with you in fear and in much trembling. See, he's not, he's not talking about the fear of man. He's talking about this fear of God. And he's literally, when he was with them, was trembling because he was so aware of the presence of God and he felt so inadequate. Felt so inadequate. And he said, I didn't try to come with a fancy message. Rather, I just came preaching about Jesus. And my verse 4, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. God wants our faith in His power. He wants us to come into a greater awareness of how awesome he is. A lot of times we'll sing he's an awesome God, say that he's an awesome God. But man, we need greater and greater revelation. Just like these prophets, we need greater and greater revelation of what an awesome God he is. To the point where you get butterflies. You know, you feel uneasy. You just feel completely inadequate that you, you know, you can't, you recognize you can't do anything. You can't do anything, uh, you know, in your own strength. You're nothing compared to him. But he's everything. And he's in our midst this morning. And that was him that just demonstrated his power. He just demonstrated his power. Why? So that your faith isn't just in a sermon, isn't just in a message, but it's in the power of God. God wants us to, to experience his power, see his power. His power needs to be real to us. We need to walk in a reality of the power of God. God's words are not just letters. They're not just words, but they're power. They're power. We got to get over into that because so many Christians have just become religious where they just have letters. They just have the word. They just have a form of godliness, but they don't know anything about the power of God. A lot of folks would even mock, laugh, and ridicule when the power of God's manifesting. They would actually mock. I'm talking about Christians Christians literally mock the power of God. That's how far society has fallen from the truth, from the way things are. I got news for you, friend. God is bigger than you. He's bigger than your devotional. He's bigger than your prayer time. Come on. He's bigger than your religion. He's bigger than your denomination. 
A lot of folks just love their denomination. You know, they're just married to their denomination and they just can't leave their, and they just love their, their denomination. Listen, God's bigger than your denomination. God's bigger than your religion. God's bigger than all of it. And you got to be willing to yield to the bigger and to the greater. When you get a taste of the greater, when you get a taste of the bigger, you got to be willing to move with it. You know, I think of John the Baptist. Uh, you know, here he is preaching. He's got these disciples that are following him, that are with him, serving him, helping him in the ministry. And then Jesus shows up and is baptized in the Jordan River by John and baptized not only in water, but in the power of the Holy Spirit. Man, a couple of those disciples, they just left John and they just went on and they followed Jesus. They went right after him. You know, a lot of folks would just get stuck with John. And a lot of folks did get stuck with John. But even John himself said, he must increase and I must decrease. He increases, I decrease. That's how that works. He increases and the things of this world decrease. We decrease. We're not such big shots anymore. The things that we esteem so highly maybe aren't so great anymore because he's increasing. He's increasing. He's increasing. As he gets greater and greater in our eyes, the things of this world get smaller and smaller and smaller. Hallelujah. Praise God. We want him to get bigger and bigger and bigger. How many people experienced the power of God last night? I mean, experienced the power of God. Now, we had a lot of people testifying of being healed. And then there were some folks after service, uh, they didn't particularly testify about experience a full healing in their body, but they experienced the power of God on them. God's power came upon them, and a lot of folks felt heat. Well, how many people know our God is a consuming fire? He's a consuming fire, and he won't consume you, but he'll consume sin, and he'll consume sickness, and he'll consume any kind of devil that wants to try to mess with you. And he'll consume all these things. But thank God he's not going to consume you and I because you and I have been washed in the blood of Jesus and have been made fireproof. Hallelujah. See, that's why Jesus came. He came to make us fireproof. You and I are fireproof. We're not going to get burned up by the presence and power of God. Man, we can walk in the presence and power of God. And Isaiah talked about that also. Uh, Over here in Isaiah chapter 33... He says in verse 14, the sinners in Zion are afraid. Now, Zion under the Old Testament was Israel, Jerusalem, and so it's talking about God's people. But over in the book of Hebrews in the New Testament, the church is also referred to as Zion. So he said, the sinners in Zion, in other words, sinners in the church, sinners in the church are afraid. Fearfulness has seized the hypocrites. Who among us shall dwell with the devouring fire? Who among us shall dwell with everlasting burnings? Who will do it? Who will do it? Well, he tells you, he who walks righteously and speaks uprightly. You've got to speak the right thing. You speak the right thing. You walk right and you speak right. Happy want to dwell with this fire. Look, look at it again. Who among us shall dwell with devouring fire? In other words, they dwell with this. They live with this. This fire lives with them. They dwell in this fire. You and I are to live in the fire of God. 
Listen, it's not just to be an experience once in a while. God doesn't just want to light you up once in a while with an experience. He wants you and I walking and abiding in the fire of God. He wants us dwelling in it. Can I get an amen? He wants us dwelling in the fire of God. I mean, that's like where we live. We live in fire. We just live on fire. We live on fire for God. That's just the place we are. And it's not just like when we're talking about living on fire, we're not just talking about being passionate. We're not just talking about burning with zeal. Although burning with zeal and passion is a result of being on fire. But that isn't being on fire. That is a result of being on fire. Being on fire is meaning God's presence is upon your life. God is in manifestation upon your life. His glory is upon your life. And at any time, you're ready. You're ready to lay hands on the sick. You're ready to cast out a devil. I mean, you don't have to sit there and like Clark Kent and go looking for a prayer booth to run into and think, my God, I got to go get into prayer. I got to get myself in the spirit. I got I to get myself in position to, I mean, these people need help. You know, some kind of thing happens maybe in your family and you get a phone call late at night and something awful has happened. And you think, you know, I got to get myself in position to be able to pray. I got to pray. I got to hear from God. I, I, I need, oh God, help us. Help me, God. God don't want you in a panic like that. He, he wants you continuously in his presence. And if you're abiding in his presence, then you're not going to be in a panic. You'll always be ready. I said, you'll always be ready. We need to live ready. I said, we need to live ready, having our minds on him, walking rightly, walking according to his word, speaking rightly. In other words, speaking according to his word, speaking the word of God. So important what you say, right? James talks about... Uh, in fact, hold your place there and let's look at that. James talks about the power of the tongue. And he likens it to the rudder of a ship. And he says here in James chapter 3, verse 4, Look also at ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. It boasts great things. See how great a forest, a little fire kindles. Just a, just a little, little kindling, get a little spark going, and next thing you know, you've got this raging fire consuming these forests out in California. Right? Well, you see, he said that's what he's like is the tongue. The tongue, though it's a little thing, just a little spark from your tongue, and it could set things on fire. Now, it could set things on fire in a, in a destructive way, or it could set things on fire with God. I want my tongue to set folks on fire with God. I don't want it to consume and destroy my life and other people's lives. A lot of people are destroying their own life. They are the source of their own problem because of what's coming out of their mouth. I mean, some folks are just like a blowtorch, a flamethrower for the devil. And they're just shooting their mouth off 
And they're just firing things out and just consuming and just burning things up, burning things up in their own life. And then they wonder, why is God letting this happen? And God's like, I can't get control of your tongue. Your tongue is out of control. I mean, it was the first thing that Isaiah recognized about himself, that he was a man of unclean lips. First thing he recognized about himself was his mouth. You know, you get over into a reality of the presence of God and it'll help keep your mouth in check. Help keep your mouth in check. You'll just, you'll just pull it back in. There's a lot of words uh, you'll go to say and then you'll just, mm, you'll reel it back in. You'll just hold it back because you don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit because you're aware of Him. And you don't want anything unclean coming out of your mouth. You don't want to yield your tongue to the devil. And he goes on, he says in verse 6, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so said among our members, that's talking about the members of our physical body. The tongue is so set among our members, the members of our body, that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and is set on fire by hell. So think about that. He says the tongue will cause you physical harm. It will cause you physical problems. Isn't that what he just said? It's so set among our members that it defiles the whole body. How many people know sickness is a defilement of the body? That's right. That's what sickness is. Disease is a defilement of the body. We can't let sickness and disease have any place in our body. Amen. See, I'm talking about how to not only be healed, but to stay healed. How many people want to live well? Yes. Man, I want to live in divine health. I want to live well. Well, you can't live well if your tongue is set on fire by hell. No, no, no. You've got to make sure your tongue is yield to the Lord. Yield to the Spirit of God. Speaking the words of God. Speaking the words of God. You know, if it's not God's words, you might as well just not say it. If it's contrary to God's word, in other words, I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be Scripture. You don't have to be just walking around and go, Psalm 91, the other, the other, see the most high, I'll bind under the shadow of the Almighty, and I'll say unto the Lord, He is my rock and my fortress. No. I, I didn't say you have to just quote scripture all day. But you know the Word of God, and you speak in line with the Word. Right. You're not speaking contrary to the Word of God. To speak contrary to the Word is to speak contrary to God. To speak contrary to God is to speak contrary to the Holy Spirit. To speak contrary to the Holy Spirit is to speak contrary to life. Well, you don't want to speak contrary to life. No, bless God. Speak life. Speak life. I speak life over myself, life over my body. I call my body well. I call my body healed. I call my body strong. I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Whoo, hallelujah. The Bible says, let the weak say, huh? You might as well say it like you mean it. Yeah, yeah, that's what the Bible says. The Bible says, let the weak say, I'm so weak. I feel so horrible today. I just feel terrible. I mean, I got this problem, this ache, this pain. I don't think it's ever going to go away. How people know that's not speaking what the Bible tells you to speak? Speak life. Speak strength. I'm strong. 
I'm strong. Lord, thank you that my body, I had hands laid on me last night. These folks today, I had hands laid on me. Oh, glory to God. I'm healed. My heart beats with the rhythm of life. Bless God. I'm, I got a strong heart. My circulatory system, it is flowing in perfect harmony with life. There are no blockages. There are no problems in my body. That's how we speak. And you speak it with conviction. You don't just have an experience like this today, feel the presence, power of God. God's hand comes upon you for a certain thing that you're, you know, asking him to take care of. And then just walk away and wait and see. Well, we're just going to wait and see. See if it goes away. See if it ever comes back again. Let's just, I sure hope I don't have that problem anymore. That's not faith. That's just hoping and wishing. Hoping and wishing don't receive from the Lord. You don't want to walk in hoping and wishing. You want to walk in yes and an amen. And. Yes. yes and amen. Yes and amen. Hands were laid on me. Praise God. This heart beats with the rhythm of life. Amen. That's, that's what you say. That's, and whatever else it is you might be struggling with or dealing with, praise God, uh, you come, you receive prayer, and then you keep the switch of faith on. You continue to speak life over your body. Continue to speak life over your body. And notice, he says, with your tongue, you could defile your body. So obviously, with your tongue, you could heal your body. You could sanctify your body. I said you could sanctify your body. Yeah. So, you know, uh, you try to go on a diet. Well, first of all, trying isn't faith. If you're going to go on a diet, do it in faith. Which means what? Get before the Lord about the thing. And say, now, Lord, this is what I intend to do here. And uh, now I need your grace to do this. I can't do this in my own strength. I mean, I might be able to go a little ways with it. But I need your grace to really get to where I want to be physically. And so uh, we're going to get control over this munching out at night. We're going to get control over all this eating. And we're going to get control of, over the, all this junk food. Some people, it's not even so much they're eating a lot. It's just what they're eating. You know what junk food is? Junk. Yeah. Junk go in garbage can. Junk don't go in human body. We're talking about healing this morning. We're talking, talking about health this morning. Isn't that right? Junk don't go in the human body. Now, see, this is where the rubber meets the road. Do we want to walk in divine health? Do we want to walk healthy and strong? Well, then stop putting orange three and yellow two and blue five in your body. None of those things grow on trees. It doesn't grow. It doesn't grow on the. It comes out of a factory with a lot of smelly smoke. Coming out of a smokestack. It comes out of a factory somewhere. And who knows what it is. It's funny. It's not really funny. But I was just talking to somebody recently. And nitrite, it's a nit nitrite, uh, it's a preservative they put in food. Sodium nitrite. And he said to me, all it takes is a tablespoon and it's fatal. It's fatal. And yet they sprinkle this in our food all the time to preserve it. Well, how many people think they might have had a full tablespoon of nitrite by now? Gee, might that, you think that might cause some problems? 
But that's not important. We don't need to read the labels. If they put it in there, it must be okay. We're not living in a wicked, evil, covetous world. They, they, everybody cares about it. It's FDA approved. I mean, come on. That's the father, the... I don't know. <laughs> father divine authority, right? Father divine authority, man, has said, this is good. No, it's not father divine authority. You've got to guard yourself what you're putting in your mouth. I got two amens on that. I, I, that would figure. You got to guard what's going in your mouth. So two things we're hitting here this morning. Holy Spirit is actually hitting them. Two things. It's what's coming in your mouth and what's coming out of your mouth. It's both. Both of these things could mess up your health. Thank God the Lord will fill your mouth with good things, the Bible says, so that your youth is renewed like the eagle's. Hallelujah. He'll fill your mouth with the right words and with the right food if you'll let him. If you let him lead you at the grocery store. But you see, if you're not on fire at the grocery store, and that's just a church, and you're in, fle and you're in, the, you're in the flesh instead of in the fire in the grocery store, then if in the, in the flesh, you're not going to be led by the Spirit of God, and you're going to get all kinds of things to throw in your shopping cart. And so you're just going to fill your sharp and caught up with all kinds of things that makes your flesh happy. But if you lived in the fire of God, that means you're walking in the conviction of the Holy Spirit. He's going to lead you. And he's going to show you. Ah. You go to reach for something. Ah. Ah. Can I have a Pop-Tart? Ah. He'll, he'll check you on it. I said, he'll check you on it. Sometimes you got to look. You know, there's some nice things. That I, I mean, you think about salmon. I love salmon, you know. I like smoked salmon. Smoked salmon is very nice. But on most of it, it's got nitrite. It's full of nitrites. Nitrites. Well, and then I don't get that salmon. And sometimes I've had a real craving for salmon. I'm going through all the packages of salmon. They've got nitrites. Now, there is a salmon out there. I don't know the brand name. Sorry, I can't advertise it this morning. But it doesn't have nitrites. That's the one you want. But you see, these companies, they care more about preserving their food so it doesn't go bad, so they can make sure they sell it, rather than preserving your life, preserving your health. So you've got you to gotta guard yourself. You've got to guard your mouth. And you've got to watch what you're putting in there. I said, you got to watch what you're putting in there. Amen? Make sure you're putting good stuff in there and then watch what's coming out of your mouth. So, you know, somebody wants to go on a diet, they need to do it in faith. They need to get in faith about it. They need to get with the Lord. They say, Lord, I need your grace. And then they align their words up to what they're doing. Rather than saying, I'm on a diet right now, but oh, that pumpkin pie. I can hardly stand it. When chocolate goes past me, I get the shakes. Well, all you're doing is stirring it up. All you're doing is defeating your diet. You're defeating yourself. You're just not, you just knocked yourself right out of faith. You're over in the flesh, and you're probably not going to make it. You're probably going to be just... You know what I'm saying? You're just going to... Gobbling it all up. Sometimes it's even worse. People go on diets, and, or they go on a fast, but they don't do the thing in faith. And so next thing you know, 
you know. They got themselves getting all worked up in the flesh. And all they're doing is just aggravating their flesh. They're just inflaming it. They're inflaming their flesh. Because they're in the flesh trying to control the flesh. If you're in the flesh trying to control the flesh, you'll inflame the flesh. So the flesh will just get more angry and more determined to get its way. Please don't forget these things. It's very important. You inflame your flesh. Man, and next thing you know, just about the time your diet ends, according to your scheduled date, woo, let's go. Man, you're gone. You're just out of here. You're, 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 you're hitting the fast food places. I, I need to reward myself. I, you know, I, I've been hard on myself. I des- it's the weekend. I deserve it. And next thing you know, it's everything. Because you've inflamed your flesh. You didn't do it in faith, or at least you didn't stay in faith. You got to stay in faith. You got to do it in God. Hallelujah. And you know, he makes things easy. Faith, faith makes life easy, folks. Stop focusing on what you're not having and focus on what you got and where you're going. That's what faith does. Folk, faith focuses on what is God in God and where it's going. Praise God. Ooh, he satisfies me. He satisfies me. Let the Lord satisfy you. I'm telling you what, if you got a satisfied spirit, a lot of times you should be hungry, but you won't even feel it. You won't even feel it because your spirit is so satisfied. But on the flip side of that, your spirit can be so deprived and so desperate that even though you've eaten and eaten and eaten and eaten and eaten and overeaten, you're still hungry. You're still roaming around the pantry. And you can't figure it out why you still got these cravings until you just absolutely satiate yourself and go off to bed like a beached whale. <laughs> How do folks just lie in bed like a beached whale, you know? Have you ever felt like a beached whale? Probably all of us have felt like a beached whale one or two times before. Praise God. We need the harpoon of the word. Forget about the sword. Lord, hit me with the harpoons, man. I need, I need freedom, Jesus. I need help, God. Amen. But you see, that's what happens. You get yourself, you get yourself all, all wound up in the flesh. No, we got we to gotta do it in faith. We got to stay in faith. So therefore, we're not say, saying, it's so sinfully delicious. Oh, I'm on, a, I'm on a fast. Oh, I'm on a diet. And I, I can't. I can't have that. I can't. Worst thing you can tell your flesh is you can't. You can't. You can't. That just makes the flesh more determined to get it. It just, it works the flesh up. Because you're giving it the law. And that's what the law does. The law provokes the flesh to sin. Did you know that? Romans 7. Romans chapter 7 talks about it. You know? He talks about the thing I desire to do, I don't do. And the thing I don't want to do, that's the thing I end up doing. Oh, wretched man that I am. Who will deliver me from this body of death? And, and, well, he, this is Paul the Apostle talking about his life before he was a Christian. When he was a Pharisee under the law. He's not talking about the way Christians should be today, although he describes many. Oh, the things I don't want to do, that's the thing I do, and the things that I do. That... Sounds like a lot of Christians today. Yet it's a man under the law. It's not a man living by faith. That's in Romans 7. But then in Romans 8, then he starts talking about life, but living by the Spirit. 
Live in your life by the Spirit. Live in your life filled with the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. He transitions from under the law to the new creation over in cha- from chapter 7 to chapter 8. So we have to understand that. We're not the chapter 7 people. We're not the people that are, that are under the law. You and I are living by faith in the power of God. If the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us, that same Spirit will give life to our mortal bodies. By His Spirit who's in us, He will strengthen us. He will give us the ability to do whatever it is we're in faith concerning. But to continue in faith, you've got to speak the right things. Control the rudder. Control the ship. Control your direction. Which, what direction are you going? Well, just look at what's coming out of your mouth. I can tell where your life's going. Just listen to your mouth. Now, I really can't because around here, everybody, t- everybody speaks good. No, 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 no. It's when you're out of here. What are you speaking in the car? What are you speaking at the grocery store? What are you speaking at home? How do you talk there? See, that's where you're going. Are you defiling your body or blessing your body? You got to know what you're doing. Are you defiling your body or blessing your body? You need to bless yourself in the Lord. I said you need to bless yourself in the Lord. Hallelujah. Bless yourself regularly. Bless yourself in the Lord. Speak the right thing. So no longer, uh, you know, speaking contrary to what you're doing. You, you, get, you get in line with it. Say, I have control over that. Uh, that's no big deal. I got the Lord. What did, Je- what did Jesus do when the devil came to him? Tempted, first thing the devil tempted him with was what? Food. Same thing he tempted Adam and Eve with. Food. You know, you see this pattern in the Word of God. Uh, food seems to be a, a big problem for a lot of folks. You know, we got to be able to control these things. It's an indicator that whether we're living in the spirit or living in the flesh. And, and so, you know, if we're just manja, 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 if it's just all, if it's just we're eating just whatever because it tastes good and whatever, well, then we're in the flesh. We're in the flesh. If we're just speaking whatever, then we're in the flesh. Isn't it great to, to, to know that you can just figure yourself out so easily? Lord, am I missing it? Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. And you go on this big witch hunt. Go on this big witch hunt. Pastor, is there anything wrong with me? Search me, oh, God. Show me, is there anything wrong with me? Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. How's that? <laughs> is there anything? It's pretty obvious. It's pretty obvious. Just listen to yourself for five minutes. We all have to. (laughs) And sometimes it's more than five minutes. It's always great to have somebody on the phone that they're they're calling up to ask you something and then they keep going and going and going and you can just sit the phone down and you can have a pizza and you can can have a conversation when it's come back to them and say, yeah, yeah. And they go, well, I'm just so glad you listened. Just go on and on and on and on. That's not a good thing. We got to control the tongue. Why? Because it'll defile you. It'll defile you and not bless you if you're not controlling it. You got to purpose what you're going to say. In other words, you got to say what you say on purpose, not by happen, not just by chance. 
Not just, you know, just whatever, whatever comes across your mind, you just say it out of your mouth. No, we've got to watch what we say. And if something does roll out of our mouth that's not right, it's like, woo, we've got to reel that back in, repent of that, turn from that, kill the thing. Say, no, Lord, forgive me for that. I shouldn't have said that. And we just train ourselves. We train ourselves. You know, this becomes second nature to us. This isn't like we're walking around like a bunch of robots. Paranoid. Paranoid over our mouth and over our actions. We're just real paranoid of ourselves. That's, no, it, becomes, it just becomes a flow. Because you're abiding. You're abiding in the vine. You're abiding in the law. It's not a works thing. You've got to watch. You know, again, we're not under the law. It's not a works thing. It's a flow thing. So important to get a hold of that. This is a flow. This is, this is we're talking about just being on fire with the Lord, flowing with the Holy Spirit. And if you're in his flow, then uh, the words that come out of your mouth, they're life. And, the, and they produce peace. And they strengthen. They encourage. They refresh people. It lifts people up. It doesn't have to even sound like much, but it has a lifting effect. It has a strengthening effect. It just, it's just what it does. Because you're in the flow of God. You're abiding in the vine. You're just full of fire. Full of the fire of the Holy Ghost. Dwelling. In the fire of God. Dwelling in the fire of God. And then no evil thing will be able to adhere, adhere to your life. Not be able to cling to your life. Can you say amen? amen. So somebody say, I'm taking control of my mouth. It's not going to control me. No, 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 no. Uh, he says in verse 8, No man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil. Full of deadly poison. No man, no man can tame. No, this isn't something you can do as a works thing. You can't, in your own strength, get control of yourself. You've got to surrender yourself to the Lord. You've got to surrender yourself to Him. And He, through you, brings everything under control. Isn't that good? He brings everything under control, friend. It's not you trying to fix things. It's not you. That's, just, that's what religious people do. That's what Old Testament people did. That's not you and I. We're not, trying to, we're not trying to fix things and make ourselves right. No, we recognize we can't do that. This is the Lord. He does these things. He's working in my life. He works through my life. He's doing it. I yield to Him. Surrender to Him. Amen. And He wants to demonstrate his life, his power in your life. Hallelujah. With it, verse 9, with it we bless our God and Father at church, and with it we curse Alfred. We curse men who have been made in the similitude of God, in the likeness of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Somebody say, fresh water through me always. Yeah. Oh, maybe salt water is good. We need to be a little salty, right? We're the salt of the earth. But it needs to be one or the other. We're not, we're not to be double-minded. Not to be a little bit of both. Can you say amen? So say I'm taking control of my tongue. From this day forward. In Jesus' name. Isaiah 33. Who's going to dwell with devouring fire? So someone can dwell with this devouring fire. Isn't that right? He's, he's asking who? 
Who's going to dwell with this? Who among us shall dwell with ever unceasing burnings? Who's going to dwell with it? He who walks righteously and speaks uprightly. He who despises the gain of oppression. Who gestures with his hands refusing bribes. Who stops his ears from hearing of bloodshed. And shuts his eyes from seeing evil. Man, hearing bloodshed, seeing evil. Man, that just eliminates so many movies. Doesn't it? It just eliminates so many cool movies. What do you want? You want fantasy land or fire? Do you want to live some kind of fictional, unrealistic life? Or do you want to live a glorious life? A powerful life? Well, he tells you this is how you do it. Stop looking at that. Stop listening to that. Because what you're looking at, what you're listening to is getting in you. It's getting in your spirit. And it will come out of your mouth. And it will defile you. So you have to guard your heart. Guard what's coming in. Guard the gates of your eyes. The gates of your ears. You've got to shut your eyes from seeing evil. I'm not going to look at that. He will dwell on high. His place of defense will be the fortress of rocks. Man, that sounds like a pretty secure place, don't you think? Bread will be given to him. His water will be sure. Your eyes will see the king in his beauty. You're going to see the glory of God in your life. They will see the land that is very far off. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. I like verse 19 also. Uh, you will not see a fierce people, a people of obscure speech, beyond perception of a stammering tongue that you cannot understand, or an unintelligible speech. Again, that's just not talking about foreign languages. That's prophetic. That's prophetic of what we have today in this dispensation. You and I have the gift of speaking in tongues because that's where the devouring fire is. Come on, Acts chapter 2, what appeared on their heads? Fire. Fire appeared upon them and they all began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Hallelujah. Speaking in tongues, walking in the fire of God. Praise God. We're to live there. This isn't like a once in a while experience. We're to live in this place of being on fire and full of the Holy Spirit. And here we're back to the tongue again. Speaking in tongues is a great way to get control of your tongue and get control of your entire body and thus get control of your entire life. Speaking in tongues, praise God, will cause you to get in control, will cause God to be able to get in control through you. I mean, if God gets your tongue, if you can yield your tongue to God, you can yield your whole life to him. Thank God for the gift of speaking in tongues. Can you say amen? amen. Oh, praise God. Somebody say, thank God for the Holy Ghost. For the fire of God. Fire. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, stand on your feet with me. We need a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. That concludes this message. For more information about Life of Faith Bible Church or Stephen Fraser Ministries, go to our website at lofbc.org. While you're there, be sure to check out the many other teaching series and books by Stephen Fraser. That website again is lofbc.org. And you can always call 888-542-2555.
We trust today's message has encouraged your faith and strengthened your spirit to live the victorious life. And until next time, remember, we always triumph and we always win.